Uh, hey, welcome to uh, welcome to this Friday's episode of You Can't Be Serious. Uh, I am I am half of this show, Joshua Tracy. Hey, everybody, and I'm Matt Tory. And uh, and we're 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 talking. We're we're really making this conversation up very much so on the fly, which I know you might think to yourself, well, that's that's every episode, and not to this extent. <laughs> Since uh, we are really shooting, shooting from the hip this week, but uh, but so so Josh, you you recently started a new job, correct? Right, right, and this this brings us into uh, kind of kind of the topic. So I started a new job this week, um, Monday, the first day. You know, whole usual business. My first actual job change um, of my life, like like real world job. The last job I held, I got. Um, I don't know, not like right after college, but you know, like after college, after an appropriate amount of time of being unemployed and having an existential crisis. Um, and then I was there for years and this is my first job change. And with it brought like, you know, schedule changes and like the work is different. So like how I, how I absorb what happens in my day is different. And those two factors combined have left me interacting with my non-work hours very differently. Um, and I understand, you know, it's all an adjustment, but it's it's something I haven't ever really had to confront because I've only had the one job and I've only had to interact with my non-job time in one type of way. So having it be different is weird, you know? Totally. Yeah, I mean, I can't relate to that as seeing as i've only really had one adult job um you know post-college but um definitely can relate to the idea of 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 how to figure that all out you know it's it's you know on top of the fact that there's all of the uncertainty and craziness that is working from home during covid um figuring out a a new job new role you know new company um i'm sure there's a lot that goes with that. Yeah, and not only that, but the fact that, like, you know, I've been work from home since, uh, I guess, March, April. I forget which one it was. I want to I want to say March. Um, and now I'm actually going to an office two days a week. But we'll, we'll get to that in a second. Because, like, my thing was, so like, what was your adjustment like when we had to switch to the work from home entirely thing? You know what I mean? Like, like how was, how did you confront all of that additional time spent in your apartment? So, as a motorcycle rares past my apartment, Jesus. (laughs) To speak candidly, um, I don't think I handled the adjustment as well as I could have. Um, I think like a lot of people, uh, when they heard, oh, 14 days to flatten the curve, what I heard was, fucking 14-day vacation. Um, And so I, you know... Prior to that, I had, you know, kind of one-off work-from-home days where it would make sense for me to just stay, you know, work from home. Um, But that was the first time I'd ever, like, regularly had to work from home. Um, And just speaking for myself, I have always been the kind of person where I, I do better when I have a separate, um, like, work space, you know. So even going back to college... I was always, I could never study in my room. I had to go to the library. I had to have, um, and even then, like when I went to the library, I couldn't sit at one of those big tables with a bunch of my friends. I had to go find like my own corner, uh, you know, if I really wanted to get work done. 
um, and have a separate space for work. And then when I was done doing my work, I could leave that space and kind of shift gears mentally into, you know, my off time. And so the biggest struggle for me, um, starting off with the work from home thing was no longer having that separation, you know, the work space bled straight into my non-work space. Um, and, and not even talking about uh, time, but just like, it was weird for me to finish up my day of work and, and, you know, go to spend my evening in the exact same place that I had just spent the last eight hours working. Um, I mean, for you, I mean, you you had a little bit more experience working from home. You had a kind of a more regular work from home schedule going into COVID or pre-COVID. So what was it like for you? Oh, man. Well, it it first off, it's all wacky. And I think everyone's going to have their own telling of how they experienced it all because everyone has been affected by this in, in a litany of different ways. Um, so yeah, I had a work from home built into my last job, uh, which also feels weird to say using my my old job in the past tense. Um, so at first it was like, and I, and you know, we used to have a few like scattered bundled work from home days where I'd be home for like two to three days because of pick a reason doesn't really matter. Um, and so at, for the, at first it was like totally not, you know, fully normal, but like kind of what it was, you know, I was in my, the place I usually was in for, for my work from home days. I was, I had a routine that was built around that because at first I was still like going to the gym, you know, and, uh, and yeah. teaching martial arts classes in person, which is, yeah. was always, always been my, my second job. So like those parts for the, for the first like full two weeks was totally normal. So it didn't really feel that out of place outside of just kind of keeping track of the days was getting odd. Um, but then I ended up moving in the middle of all this too, like a month in and having more space because I, I you know where i moved to had more place more room than where i was living um also made it a whole big difference because now i didn't have the gym anymore that closed i didn't have the martial arts gig anymore wasn't interacting with those kids and those coworkers. like that was on on pause um and so that meant and everything i was trying to do was closed down and Matt, myself, all of our friends weren't really hanging out together at this point because we were all, you know, trying to do our best to make sure we were all good before we try to do anything together. Give it at least two weeks to to try to do our part of flattening curbs and whatnot. So, like, mm -hmm. really, it was like a hundred percent of my time was spent in in my new apartment, and it was getting kind of weird. Um, we were finding. My my girlfriend and I, who who's been on the podcast before, Cal, we all know her. She's great. Um, we like you know we tried finding things to do, you know, and I you know we I don't think we've ever had any type of like problem keeping busy, but that doesn't mean it made it all that much less weird at first. Even though I'm a pretty indoors kind of guy, I guess where I differ with you is that I'm very like I. Oh, I love my couch. I love my bed. I will never leave those places if I am not forced to. <laughs> um, but at at a certain point, you you reach maximum density of sitting of ass to planted to couch, and you have to go find some some something to yeah motivate you to do a different thing. Which is was good for me reinvesting in my hobbies. I've been playing a lot more guitar and 
downloaded like music production software and like have been like trying to do more recording and stuff which uh, well i'm sure we'll also end up talking more about later too but uh it it it's just a weird adjustment there's nothing like this you know yeah. the only other because the only other times that i think you or i would ever like really spend mass quantities of time just locked in wherever we're living was when we're like sick as students yeah, yeah. And so, I mean, you, you bring up a, a really good point. I completely forgot that you moved during quarantine, like in the middle of all of this. Um, it feels like you've been there forever. But yeah, well, time is a flat circle. <laughs> so like, so I also like, I granted, I moved a few months before you did. Um, but, but prior to this, um, I had been, you know, living back with my parents and, you know, just trying to save up some money for a place. And I think something that you know we something that i didn't even really realize until kind of now that we're we're starting to to talk about it is having to figure out that you know kind of work life balance um as an adult right is is tough it, it's a, it's a it's a tough thing it's a tricky thing um Period. I'm sure a lot of people would agree that like the first time they moved out of their house and, and had a full time job, those first few months were kind of um, difficult, you know, trying to figure out, you know, figuring out a routine and figuring out, um, you know, how you want to spend your time. And then on top of that, you know, you throw the massive monkey wrench into all of this that is COVID um, and that really, really just made, you know, trying to find uh that right balance of work and and you know recreational time um kind of tough because there wasn't really a clear a clear line you know between well, when does work end when does you know playtime start but also you know outside of just you know our own little bubble of that is work and our own hobbies everything else was like getting turned on its head and so um, trying to establish some sense of normalcy and some sense of routine. Um, I don't want to speak for you, but for me it was very difficult and I'm something I'm still, uh, working towards, you know, I still don't really feel like I have, um, you know, a steady routine. Um, and it's, it's kind of, uh, I wouldn't say day by day, but, um, it's something that I still don't really have is that solid, you know, day to day routine. Well, ru routines are really tough part because you have to find something that works for you in a day and then find a way to repeat that ad nauseum until it just becomes what you're expecting habit and what you're planning for. And that could take like a while. Um, yeah. So routine is, is, is the toughest part I think about doing anything, whether it's, improving at guitar which is something that if you listen to the show matt and i talk about all the time um or if it's literally just figuring out how the fuck to parse out your day um and that and that brings in another thing if we're even before if, aside from the work life balance of it the hobby hobby balance of it's also tough because it's like you and i are fortunate in that we have certain at-home hobbies but sure. like we also did have outdoor hobbies. And by outdoor, I mean outside of our apartment hobbies. Yes. And 
I don't think I think there are a lot of people who didn't have at home hobbies to really thrust themselves into to cover the ground that was missing from the out of the apartment hobbies. Like if your whole because you know that's one of the things I've noticed from from my new job talking to my my coworkers who are a little bit older than me. I don't want to make them sound like they're old, but anyway, like their their concept of like what they would do in a lot of their downtimes. I met a few other mus- musicians so far, but a lot of the other ones were like, yeah, like we'd all work until five or six and then go out for happy hour together and hang out for a few hours and then go home, which is a very normal thing to do pre-COVID. But if that's not an option and you didn't have another thing, what do you do with yeah. those three hours? And even if you did have another thing, it's built into your system depending on how long you've been doing it for, that after work, I leave my setting. And if you have to do work from home, all right, that's an adjustment. Of course, we talked about that. But now it is built into some part of you that once my day ends, I can physically remove myself from the work situation, whether I was going out to go to a bar with coworkers and have a a social wind down or go to my apartment and have an an introverted wind down and now that's gone too and there are positive ways to fill that time but finding what those are and then like building it into that routine like matt was just saying that's fucking tough and really difficult to do especially when it's it was thrust at us so sharply it was like one day you have the ability to go to a bar and now you don't you can't go anywhere like it's it's so, something I thought about uh, about I don't know about a month or maybe two months into to this quarantine. So we're talking like the May time frame is really when I started to get really antsy about wanting to go out and do something because um, this is before I think we had kind of gotten the OK to hang out in small groups. So this is before. um you know, I'd really seen any of my friends um, at the time. I was still trying to limit my time. I wasn't going home to, to visit my parents because my mo- uh, my mom is immunocompromised. Um, and so I had spent, you know, two months or so basically by myself. And it, it took until about that time for me to really feel like, you know what? I need to get out. I need to I need to go out and do something. And then I thought, um, like, I'm. I tend to be a uh, more of an introverted person. Like when I, when I feel stressed out, I need to kind of step back and have, you know, mat time. Um, I have plenty of friends though, who, when they're feeling that same way, they're, they're very extroverted and they need to, they need to go out and they need to be with a group. They need to socialize. And I, you know, it was in that moment that I realized, wow, this must be as hard as it's been for me um, being someone who's introverted and being someone who is, relatively speaking, pretty comfortable staying at home, lounging on the couch and, you know, watching TV. Um, like you said, there comes a time when there, you you can only do so much of that. Um, but just thinking about the kind the people who, who thrive off of that sort of extroverted um, socializing. Um, unfortunately, we don't have, we don't have that perspective here today on the podcast, but I can only imagine that, that you know they share these these same kinds of of thoughts, but but you know maybe even more. Yeah, I I think I think these are the people who who 
started cramming into outdoor bars the second they opened and you and i were like who the fuck does that because we don't know anybody like that and then we judge them because they're wrong and need better hobbies i think that's probably fair to say um you know i again i like you said i'm not in any rush to to get out to a crowded bar um now um but, you know, taking a step back for a second and, and realizing, like, not everyone has the same perspective that I do and not everyone, um, you know, is fortunate enough, like, like the two of us to have the kinds of outlets that are that, you know, that we can do in our home. You know, I, I think I've talked about it on a previous episode where I, I really do not know how I would be coping with the pandemic if it weren't for, you know, playing an instrument and, and having music as as an outlet. Um, and several times through my life, you know, whether it was um, in college when I was kind of going through a, a rough patch, you know, with my mental health or whether it was uh, when I was trying to figure out my, you know, employment status and trying to find a job um, or even through the pandemic of just having that, you know, having music and having, you know, playing an instrument as like this rock that I could always come back to um, and as an outlet to relieve stress and to, you know, get my emotions out. It, it was, it's a healthy outlet and I'm very grateful for it. Yeah. I, I was actually uh, talking to my grandfather the other day and he is definitely like missing it because he, he's played trombone in his same community orchestra for like 40, 45 years. Um, and he's like trying to get everybody to play music together via um individually recorded parts being sent around and he was like willing to coordinate all of it and it's like a 40 50 person orchestra like there's a lot of people yeah, and um over, yeah and they all were like he said like no one's responding to his emails and and he's and he's incredulous because he's like let's all play music like we all have the time we're all home we're all old <laughs> like we're all not <laughs> yeah. going anywhere yeah and and no one else is willing to do it and like that because my grandfather's had the opposite experience, I think, of, of you and I. His external hobbies are all being satiated because he's like, both my grandparents, they're on the, the uh, like boards of things. You know, they do a lot of work with their temple. My grandfather has regular Zoom calls with his friends. Like, sure. like they all have that, that you know, um, extrovert side being filled to, a, to whatever extent it, it can be. But my grandfather's like, like introvert hobby, which really even isn't that introvert because he's like trying to communicate or uh, coordinate with other people to do it. But that thing that he could do by himself at home of just play music um, isn't getting filled because there's no real great fun trombone solos. And it's very much so a backbone instrument. Um, yeah, I was just about to say that that's, you know, when I said a musical instrument, I specifically being the guitar, an instrument that, you can play by yourself. Um, I don't know of very many uh, solo trombone pieces. Um. He, he said he found like a few, but he's like, it's just not the same. And I'm like, well, especially, yeah, I get that. especially if, if he, if his, uh, you know, like when you and I think of playing music with, you know, pl playing music, you probably think of either practicing guitar by yourself or jamming with a few friends. Your grandfather's like, uh, you know, archetype or whatever for for playing music is in an orchestra, which is 
a large ensemble. So like, you know, even if my guess would be, even if, you know, everyone in the orchestra was uh, enthusiastic about, oh yeah, let's record parts and send them all around to each other. He'd still be missing that aspect of playing in an ensemble. Um, you know, cause that's, that's what an orchestra the is. Yeah. 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 But so finding balances for all of the hobbies has been, has been a real fucking challenge. So like, so like, give me an approximation of what a standard day looks like for you in terms of like time devoted, like a standard weekday time devoted towards work. And I'm going to stick, I guess, specifically with like non like activities, you know, not just hanging out. Ah, no, hanging out at Benamel's, I think counts. All right. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> however, however you so, want to break it down. Give me so, give me a breakdown of like a normal workday, week weekday at maths. Dude, I knew you were gonna ask me this question and I and I was like, oh man, I need to have a good answer for this. And and <laughs> I, I I I don't. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, so so from from a work standpoint, I'm nine to five. Um so depending on if I'm working from home or recently I have been taking trips into the office. There's no one in the office, um, mainly for just a change of scenery. Um, wake up between seven and eight o'clock, um, start my day, my work day by nine, and then, you know, work until five. If I'm in the office, I'll usually get home around six or so. Um, from there, um, it's really uh, kind of a roll of the die. Like, uh, it's, it's, what am I feeling? What, you know, what day is it? Are we recording a podcast? Um, I, uh, I, I, this is kind of what I, I was alluding to earlier in the episode is that I don't really have a routine. It's, it's, I've kind of left it open to, you know, what do I feel like doing? Um, All right. and All I right. have enough, I... I have enough, uh, hobbies, you know, to that, you know, if I, come home and feel like playing the guitar i'll play the guitar for a couple hours or whatever um, if i come home and say you know what i don't really feel like playing the guitar that's great i'll uh i don't know watch a movie or uh i actually just got this putting green i've been practicing my putting practicing my short game um so i mean honestly like i the thing the the thing for me is because day in day out during the day has been pretty much the same boring shit um, of working by myself in my apartment uh, or on those rare days where I'm working by myself in the office um, is just making sure that I, I have time to just kind of be spontaneous and kind of do like, let's go for a walk or let's uh, let's play disc golf or let's go for a bike ride. Um, And so trying to, set aside kind of you know routine time but not having a specific routine for that time making sure that i have time in each day to do something but not necessarily trying to plan out exactly what i'm going to do every day um because just knowing myself i know that you know i'm not always in the mood to play the guitar i'm not always in the mood uh to play golf i'm not always in the mood to hang out with ben and mel like so it's 
for me, it's been just trying to pay attention to how I'm feeling that day and, and thinking about, you know, what would, what activity would make me feel good right now? Um, and just trying to be very much in tune with, you know, my own mental health and my own just kind of thoughts throughout the day. Um, you know, if I notice that kind of throughout the day that I'm having kind of a, a down day where I'm kind of sluggish and kind of not feeling so great, I'll make a point of trying to get outside and, and get some fresh air and trying to do something, you know, a little bit more active. Um, but I don't really have a set day-to-day -day routine. I hope that answers your question, Josh. <laughs> so my, my problem with, with our conversations on air and off air is that every time I, and I think you would feel the same every time you say something, I have like nine things I want to say in response to it. And I have to mentally prioritize which one I'm actually going to pick to say, because I know that I'll never get to the ninth thing because we will be on a completely different tangent by that point. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so, so, so hit me, give me, give me one of the nine. All right. Well, the first one, I'm just going to go chronologically because I think it's the <laughs> easiest way for me to do it. All so right. I, my last job, I started at seven o'clock in the morning. So I was basically get up and start working because I didn't want to wake up at like 5 a.m. Um, I wanted to wake up as late as I possibly could to maximize my sleep. But now that I start at 9 a.m. and I'm so built into waking up pre-7, I yeah. now have like, like, so I work from home today. So I now have like two hours in the morning mm -hmm. that I am not used to having. But it, you sound like you have a similar amount of time in the morning. So what is that time for you? That is the amount of time it takes me to go from my bed to being a dressed, showered uh, individual ready to work. I am the slowest person on planet Earth in the morning. So long. give me give me a rundown. I, I I need I need a I need a minute by minute breakdown of you this. wanna you wanna know what my day looks like from seven a.m. to nine a.m. So, right, so honestly, go, yeah, I'll, yeah, yeah. I'll set the alarm for seven o'clock. I'll snooze it until seven thirty, seven forty okay. sometimes. Strong start. Uh, out of bed. Uh, this is a this is a work from home day. Out of bed in the shower. I take a long shower because showers are great and it's hot water and uh, why not? Um. I don't know. Then I'll make coffee, have a cup of coffee. Um, and usually by then it's like 830. Um, and from there, it, it's just kind of, if I'm working from home, maybe I'll start a little early, get a little bit of work done before nine. Um, if I'm working, if I'm going to the office, oftentimes I'm running a little bit late. I don't get to the office until nine, 10. <laughs> um, so I, I mean, I, for me, I, I love the idea of getting up early, being productive and having, you know, getting a jump on the day. But for me, it is very much an idea, <laughs> not a reality. <laughs> um, I, I am, I am so much more a night owl. Um, I, I feel like I'm the most productive later at night. I feel like I have the most, you know, creativity and like, I, I, that's when I want to do stuff. I, um, while I'm thankful that I have that time to myself, um, in like a work focused, productivity focused view, 
um, I would probably be best suited to be working from like starting my day at two in the afternoon and working until 10 or 11. Um, yeah, the problem is all those phone calls you'd be making at, at, at 8 p.m. would have no recipients. Oh, you know, I, <laughs> I, I, I am very much I'm very much aware of why I can't do that for for, right, for, con right. for context. I work in sales. I work in sales development. And so my job is to uh, call into prospects and try to set meetings with our account executives. And so, yes, making phone calls to to, you know, Fortune 500 companies at 10 o'clock at night. Um, probably wouldn't net that, that many results <laughs> or, unless I, I was working, working, you know, calling into like the, the Asian market or something. <laughs> oh, um, it's cause like, so no, go ahead, go ahead. What? For you though. So you have all this, this time in the morning, uh, two questions. One, I know you said like you, you're kind of still at a loss of like, what do I do with all this time? Um, but one, do you have any thoughts of what you would like to do with that time? And two. Um, because I know I would fall into this right now. You're obviously wired to like kind of wake up, you know, at six 45 and, and get right to work. But do you think, you know, with, you know, a month, two months, six months at this job, do you think you'll readjust to waking up later and you'll no longer have that time or. Uh, so, so, so these, these are two excellent questions because these are two things I was going to say anyway, which makes those good questions. Um, so. If for the first one, um, if I end up going back to the gym at some point, that's what I'm going to try to use that time for. Yeah. Because I, because at my old job, I finished my day at three 30 in the afternoon. So like at my, in my old routine, I would finish at the office at three 30, get to the gym by four and be done working out home and showered before six, you know? Yeah. Or right around six anyway. Like, that's a mean schedule. And now that, like, my day ends at five, even if I went and had, like, sprinted a workout, like, there's no way I'm getting home before, home and showered uh, before, like, six. I'll say seven. seven. I'm not, like, the world's longest worker-outer. Um, yeah. So, like, seven. Uh, or, you know, if I'm working from home, my, my work from home day starts at nine. If I could get to the gym by like seven, seven thirty, I could squeeze a whole workout into that. So mm -hmm. that hinges upon my desire to go back to a gym, which is high, but my willingness to do so is still pretty mid. So yeah. I'm like working on that. Um, but for the second point, no, I, I could never picture myself waking up after um, 8 p.m., 8 a.m. on a regular basis ever again. Really? And I can't believe that's where I am in my life because there was, I am not a morning, even today, as I get up early in the morning, um, uh, early by relative standards. Uh, sure. Because, you know, there's people like Caroline out there who get up at five for no reason. Um, early by Matt Tory standards. Yeah, that's fair. Um, yeah. I, even though I, I'm not a great person to like hang out with at that time, I still can't help but feel better about waking up at that time that I'll ever not do it. Like, I don't know if it's the, the, the silence of it, if it, or, or if it's, um, like I said, like the, like the feeling more productive, but I, that's the thing. Like I do it like on Sunday, any given Sunday, I'm up by seven 30. That's what, that was my next question is on the weekends. Do you still get up early or do you sleep in? I get up early. I I'm just like, yeah. I can't well, not do it anymore. 
Well, I think that's what you have to do. I think, I think if you consistently, you know, even on the days you're not working are still getting up early, then you're going to get up early. Yeah. For me, I love my sleep, man. On Saturday, if I don't have anywhere to be, I'm staying in bed till 1030, 11 o'clock. I, I give can't. a shit. I, uh, uh, I, I can't do it. And so I think that's part of why, because I still, when I have the opportunity to sleep in, I still, you know, with open arms, I welcome the opportunity to sleep in. And so it's hard for me to get into a routine of waking up early because even if Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, I wake up early. If I sleep in Saturday, Sunday, when I get to Monday morning again, I'm already out of the routine. Right. Right. I, I completely get it. But so like, all right, I want to, I want to lay out my, my, uh, dilemma for you. Yeah. So, okay. So here's my morning dilemma. My old routine, uh, as of, you know, like a week ago, two weeks ago was wake up at like six forty-five, hang out in bed until like six fifty, And then I would come out, open up my laptop. It would take like 20 minutes to boot up because it was it's like a decade old laptop running on Windows 7. Oh, that should tell you everything about why I left my company. Um, and like make my coffee and then like sit down and start going through emails and shit. So I was, I would literally like wake up and just start going. Now, start working, yeah. now I'm waking up at seven and I'm like, you know, getting out of bed around seven ten or so. And then I'll like, I'll go out there, I'll make my coffee, I'll turn the news on, I'll, I'll maybe even do a couple dishes or something. Um, and then I'll hang out yeah. and just like check like news headlines and go over my finances to do something until God, you are eight. so boring. I know until like eight when I have to go wake up my girlfriend because I am her alarm. And then after that, I still have like a half hour, 45 minutes before I have to do anything. So I just go back to what I'm doing. And I'm like two cups of coffee in before my workday even actually starts. Yeah, that's it's, crazy. Like, it's so much time. Yeah. And because it's not like, I'm not going to, you know, turn on the app at 8.15 in the morning. No, I'm just like <laughs> sticking around on my laptop waiting for my job to start where I will be sitting on a different laptop doing different things but like still in the same spot with 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 the same type of technology sitting yeah. on my thighs like it's it's a weird <laughs> i need to do something <laughs> that's yeah you either need to fill that time with something or you got to sleep in some more my man because well, that's just too much idle time well the thing is it's too much idle time but it's not enough time to like accomplish a task like 45 minutes is like an awkward amount of time to have it is it absolutely and if this was two months ago, I'd go for a run, but my, my pre-arthritic knee, yeah, I'm 26. Uh, my pre-arthritic knee is like acting up and I can't run anymore. I'm not ready to go to a gym yet, which is another thing. Cause you know, if I had like only an hour, I'll find a, a 45 minute workout where I can, you know, get in and out pretty quick. I'll, I'll find a, a thing to do if I already have a membership, but like, fuck, am I going to do it? I took a shower today. It didn't help at all. You know how long my average shower is? 12 minutes tops? I'm not a long shower. That's I, like the shortest shower I've ever taken, 12 minutes. Oh, I I, I I don't pride myself on how quick. My problem is I get bored. <laughs> so it's like I'm very goal-oriented with my shower. It's like we're going to do what we got to do in here. We're going to hang out for approximately two minutes, and then we're going to leave. And like that. So I I, when you get in the shower, you get, you get right to work? 
Like, oh, yeah. Like, no dilly see, dallying. See, that's that's why showering takes so long for me. I get in the shower and I'm like, oh, the hot water feels nice. Like, and I'll start thinking about my day. And then I'll start thinking about like, I don't know, just whatever. And then I'm in the shower. I've been in the shower now for 10 minutes and I haven't washed a damn thing. And then I go, you know, I should probably start, you know, cleaning myself. And then it, it's 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 ridiculous. And then no, once I'm done, it's a ah, I could I could I could relax now. I finished the shower. I could hang out in the shower. <laughs> You see, my problem is I don't want to be alone with my thoughts for that long. <laughs> it is a quiet room, and I need to leave it and it'll be surrounded by noise. Like, I have the TV running all day for background noise because I don't want to have too much time on my hands to go, hey, remember that? Why'd you do that? Or uh, yeah. or, yeah, or, or yeah. make up some other reason to be mad at myself because um, of who I am as a person. So, so that was, you know, what? it's funny that you bring that up because that might have been the, like... One of the toughest things that I hadn't expected to be tough about working from home is so like because I, I work in sales and because I'm making a lot of phone calls, I can't have I can't have music going and I can't have like the TV on or anything like that in the background. Um, and so, I mean, normally that's not a problem because I'm in an office. I've got coworkers. There's things going on and like I can kind of break up my day, make a few calls, like talk to my coworker for a second and then kind of make some, some more calls. When I'm sitting alone in my apartment. And I can't have music on. I can't have any kinds of distractions, anything like that. And it's literally just silence. Like that. For eight hours a day, it, oh, it, no. it really does become... That's my worst nightmare. Like, maddening. Um, to the point where I, 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 like, consciously have to... I'll, I'll break up my day by, like... Like if I know if I'm working from home and I know like Ben or Mel are home next door halfway through the day, I'll just go over, knock on their door and hang out there for like 10 minutes. And just to, just so I have some sense of like, you know, walking down the hall and bullshitting with your coworker kind of thing for a couple of minutes and then walking back to your desk um, just to break up the day. Cause otherwise like I, I, I can't get through the day. Like I, I, you know, I, I get so burnt out by just, you know, listening to nothing but like the dial tone of a phone ringing. <laughs> yeah, no, I get it. I like I have to have the 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 TV on when I sleep just to, just to just to give me something to be even passively listening to. And that ended up resulting in like when I was working my other job, I'd have a uh, it was I was left alone a lot because I didn't need to be coordinated like like my work was very independent it's a better way of putting it so like my <laughs> days were very left up to me because i i have would have maybe a meeting every day like maybe one sometimes two and then that'd be it the rest of my day would be however i put it together and at some points so like i would i would like get up play guitar for like 10 15 minutes or do something like go clean some dishes for a few minutes or, or be productive somewhere outside of my work for like short bursts of time to help break up the monotony, to help me feel productive in a different way and, and to just get me out of the, like the, the little bubble that was my workspace on my couch. And now I don't have that because I am in meetings from like, I was literally in meetings today from the moment I opened my laptop um, at like 8.45 in the morning until when did i call you like 2 30 a 1 it was late yeah like i was in meetings that basically that entire time like i spent like two hours of my work day max max today 
not in meetings. And most of that was spent getting ready for my next meeting. So like, I just don't have the time for me to like be passively listening to something. I have to be actively listening to what's happening, paying attention. And I can't just like blithely walk away from my laptop and be like, I'm going to go clean a dish because it's like, I might be expected to respond at any given moment. And I am like, again, it, that's a change that's fine. I, I can adjust to that, but it's been weird and I still have yet to adjust to it. Like, mm-hmm. do you do any of that? Does that resonate to you at all? So, uh, yes and no. I I also, throughout the day, will try to, you know, break up the, the day with other things. Uh, just to kind of make it less of a, uh, a trudge, you know, just kind of through, uh, you know, eight hours of calling it up into like, well, you know, I'll call for an hour then I'll go do this for, you know, 10 minutes. Then I'll come back and do another hour of calling and kind of things like that. But I, I'm not in. I don't know. I mean, the me, the meetings, I, I, I go back and forth. There are weeks where I have no meetings. There's other weeks where I've got, I'm slammed Monday to Friday with meetings. Um, and so I, I can't really relate to that. I, I think that some of that is, is, I mean, how much of that is the fact that you're just, you're new, that you're, this is a new job and, or is this going to uh, be kind of like, you know, moving for this, is this the regular it, it it it's tough because part of it is like, hey, let's pull Josh into this meeting because uh, he should be more involved, or you know, is going to eventually be involved in these types of calls as an active participant. So the things yeah. that I might not actually, actually, most of them are things I don't have anything to actually say, but like one day down the road, I I will. So those feel like meetings that will eventually become part of my schedule. Part of them are like meetings my boss sets up to like train me because you know that's how this yeah. is going to be, and then. And then, and then, the the other chunk of them. There's a lot of meetings happening right now at my company because uh, this is the end of our half. Um, so mm-hmm. there's yeah. just more stuff to talk about. So it's a it's a weird confluence of things that like two weeks from now, with more trainings having been done and the half the fiscal half being over and all that. In theory, I should have fewer meetings. In theory. Yeah. And and be a little bit more autonomous in my workday, but um, I don't know to what extent the reduction of meetings is going to be yet. Yeah. But either way, it's been like like there was um, I think it was two mon- Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. So all earlier this week, I don't think I touched my guitar, and I think that's the longest I've gone without touching my guitar like since the pandemic started it's actually funny that you bring that up because last week i didn't touch my guitar at all last week really yeah well so i it was weird i i had to kind of pack my stuff up because i i took my guitar to skyler's house and then when i came back i like never unpacked it and i was just like well i'll do that tomorrow and it just stayed in the case all week and it wasn't until i think it was yesterday was the first time i touched it i picked it up um, in like over a week, um, and it was, we, I had, I had noticed I was like, I, I had kind of a weird day yesterday. Um, just kind of felt like in a fog for most of the day. Um, and then 
like when I when I got done with work and I was like, well, what do I want to do? Um, I was just kind of feeling a little down and I thought, you know what? I haven't played my guitar and and that was like the first time I thought about it. And I'm like, holy shit. Wow. I haven't, I haven't played my guitar in a while. Let me go do that. Went and played my guitar for about an hour and like immediately felt better. I was like, wow, that's like, that's ridiculous. <laughs> um, like, it's crazy how. Like, I wouldn't think that that's, you know, that would contribute that much to like my mental state or whatever, but it, it obviously had, had an effect. Oh, I, it definitely does. Like it, because for one thing, I think you know when a part of your routine is missing, whether you actively know it or passively know it, you know, the same way, like, eventually you're going to feel hungry, whether you knowingly skipped a meal or forgot you skipped a meal like yeah. that. That's still going to be there. Yeah, and yeah, and yeah. I think it's totally justifiable to say the same thing would happen emotionally without having part of like. I don't want to just say routine because that feels a little bit too impersonal, but like emotionally without having um, something that brings you joy, be a part of your schedule. Um, yeah. And I think that's what I'm getting at with like this past three days, even though it's only been three days that I hadn't played. I played my guitar today. I made a point of doing it because like I've really been missing it and it's felt weird. Um, but, and even though it's only been three days, like not having that be a part of like my daily routine has felt super weird because i'm that like that's the that's the balance i'm used to i'm used to coming over to play my guitar whether i turn the amp on or not playing the guitar like four to six times a day just with those like little breaks built in throughout my old mm. work schedule and now mm. that has just been eviscerated like it's not yeah. there anymore yeah so i mean something that i've always i i it was in college in college one of my one of my good friends was telling me I, I was talking to him about how I was kind of feeling just frustrated with with life and it was a variety of things. And and he was like, "Why don't you play your guitar, man? Like whenever you play your guitar, you always you always feel better afterwards." And it wasn't until he said it that I realized like how much I use that as like an outlet, like an outlet for expressing emotion, for like kind of dealing with frustration and, and kind of those unpleasant emotions that are sometimes difficult to deal with and talk about. Um, but, and so, you know, since then, anytime I was, you know, actively, you know, dealing with, uh, you know, mental health issues or struggling with, with feeling, you know, angry or frustrated, um, I would try to make a point to, to play the guitar, to, to, to play, to play music. Um, but so this, you know, this this past week was different where it wasn't like I was um you know actively um upset or down about something. I just kind of noticed that I wasn't feeling as great as I had been. Um and you know realizing that like oh maybe I should play the guitar. Um and it kind of had that immediate effect of like it was almost therapeutic in a way, you know, that like I was able to kind of get some frustration out there and like hit some chords really hard and like crank up the distortion and like feel good about it. And like, um, afterwards it was kind of like, you know, like a weight was lifted, you know, like I could just kind of, <sighs> you know? Yeah. Well, I, I, th I think that's like the big thing about having, having 
de-stressors and, and, and having things that bring you joy and generally speaking hobbies is because it, it gives you um, one outlets, uh, two distractions and three things that you can feel good about, you know, and having having the mental wherewithal and the emotional wherewithal to like run through a checklist uh, and be like, I'm not feeling not even like you said, not even bad, but like, I'm not feeling great today. What are things yeah. I can do to help me feel better? Um, and going through that checklist of things like I could cook, I could clean, I could play guitar, I could do something, could play video games. Those count too. Don't feel bad if you play a lot of video games. Like that's allowed. Um, Cause I know the video games are weirdly looked down upon as a hobby. Um, like, and, and, and so one having like, like the wherewithal to run through that is a big deal because once like for you, it was a literal visual cue. My guitar is not out. I do not notice it, um, right away by like glancing around the apartment. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to think to pick it up as readily. And, yep. and that's one of the, I think like the big things with the whole work life balance thing is like putting, putting yourself in a position to have all of those things that make you feel better readily available to you and how that shifts as your day-to-day routine shifts because not only is it affecting you know my monday it's affecting my thursday and mm-hmm. and how i'm going to maintain some semblance of you know stability and normalcy and and keep up with all the things i enjoy keeping up with has to be reflected in some way every day, but making that into the day as my schedule changes, my routine changes, my life changes, that's tough. You know, that's that's the hard part. Yeah, it's I mean, that's life, though. That's I mean, that's 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 figuring out how to live life, you know, and I think quarantine, this pandemic, covid, you know, the. 2020 shenanigans, however you want to refer to everything that's happened, um, you know, has really made, uh, obviously everyone's life has been affected by this, but I think, um, it's really made, um, it's really made me kind of call into question to kind of focus on, you know, what I have control over and what I don't have control over. Um, and, and focusing on trying to pay less attention to the things that I don't have control over um, and be grateful for and um, just grateful for, you know, and appreciative of the things that I do have control over and, and focusing on, you know, the little things, you know, like you say that, that bring you joy, that bring you satisfaction, that make you feel like you've accomplished something Um, because I mean, there is, so much negative stuff going on in the world right now that's all over the news, all over people's you know social media feeds, things like that. It's easy to get lost in that. And at least for me, w- when that happens, it's also easy for me to neglect the things that do bring me joy, the things that I enjoy doing, the things that I have a passion for and you know things like that. And so you know, especially recently, um, but definitely in the last few months, I've been trying to make a more conscious effort to to listen to the news a little bit less and to try to be just more present and more uh, aware of 
how I'm doing and, and what, what can I do that I have control over right now in my immediate surroundings that can, you know, make me feel good or make me feel better or, or, or feel like I've, you know, accomplishing something because I think, and I don't want to speak for everyone else out there, but at least, at least for me in the early days of, of, of COVID, I was feeling a lot of stress and a lot of um, anxiety around not having control over, you know, everything that was going on and feeling like I should be doing something that I wasn't doing or feeling like uh, I could be doing more or something like that. But, you know, realizing that everybody has to put themselves first and everyone has to think about their own personal well-being and, you know, mental health first. Um, and just doing whatever it is that you can in your own power to to make that a reality, to, to make sure that you put yourself first, you know, you put your, your, your well-being first. So let me ask you um, a question in two parts. Uh, so you, you're working from home. Mm-hmm. The day has been uh, some, some degree less than good. It can be meh. It could be bad, regardless. Um, what does your day after work concludes look like from home? And then part two of that is the same exact question, just at the office. Really, the I don't think there's much of a difference between what it looks like. I think the big difference is... When I'm at the office and I've had a bad day, leaving the office feels therapeutic. Just the act of walking out the door, getting in my car and driving away, that in itself makes me feel good. You know what I mean? 100%. Because it's, like, it's like, hey, we're done. We got through all that shit. Now we can leave the place where all that shit happened and go do something else. And so the biggest, I think, difference, you know, working from home is not being able to to have a separate you know workplace versus fun place and that it's all happening in the same location um as far as what does it look like um again it's it, it can depend um sometimes i you know i'll come home and i'll play my guitar for like 3 hours if i've had a really rough day and i just you know need to get stuff out um there's other times though when i you know, I just, just knowing myself, just knowing that like, I, sometimes I just need time to just kind of sit and veg out. I'll just sit by myself on the, on the couch and, and watch TV. Um, you know, just to kind of have, just to decompress and just kind of have, just to have, be able to kind of not think about anything. You know what I mean? Um, Sometimes I'll uh, I'll go over to my neighbor's house. I'll go over to Ben and Mel's house, and 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 we'll just shoot the shit, or I'll vent about my day. It really kind of depends on on kind of mood I'm in, you know. But I think the biggest difference for me is, you know, like I said at the beginning of the episode earlier, was I've always been someone who much prefers to have a designated working location separate from, you know, the living location or, or, or play time or, or whatever is having separate locations for that. Um, and so not being able to like remove myself or like dissociate myself from work and still kind of being stuck at work in some sense, um, has been challenging. And so I, I, 
I've made a point, you know, early, early when I was working from home, early during the quarantine, I made a point of, um, I didn't want to be working in my bedroom. I wanted to have my computer and everything out in my living room so that when I got up in the morning, I had, I could get up and then go to my living room and I wasn't just stuck in my room all day long. Um, right. I have now kind of gone the other way <laughs> where, because I was then spending all of my time in my living room, like every waking hour, um, I, I have my desk set up now kind of in my, in my room. Um, and I am now able to, I think this is where this is working a little bit better for me where at the end of the workday, I can like turn off my computer and like leave my bedroom and like even shut the door and be like, oh, yeah, we're done with work. And then now we're in my living room and I've got my TV and my guitar out there. And like, it's, it's relaxation time. Um, and so I've, I've done my best to try to maintain some semblance of, you know, a division between work and home. Um, but it's been tough. Well, it, it, yeah, it has in large part because I think everything you do to make yourself feel better is a compounding effect on top of physically removing yourself from where you just were, um, from work, you know, like, like getting in your car feels really good after you get out of a shit day at work. And yeah. then whatever you do after that to make yourself feel better is going to be built on the back of that first thing that made you feel good. So it's, it's yep. you know, it, it all adds up in a way. Let me, let me ask you this. Cause I just, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm curious. What, what does a bad day at work look like for you in terms of how you feel? Cause for me, you know, my last job was very, um, what's the best way to put it? Volume based. So I was very used to having a lot of work to do, but my I would my worst days at the office were days that I felt like I was getting a lot of stress and pressure from, you know, like my bosses. It was never about the amount of work I had to do because th at some point you accept the volume for what it is and it just that's hey look there's 9000 things you can do and no matter how many you get done tomorrow there'll still be 9000 things my bad days were always days I'd feel a lot of stress and a lot of pressure coming from like my manager. Um, mm. And I'd have to find a way to get rid of that tension. You know, mm. that was my big thing, tension and stress, um, which I'm, sh again, I'm sure are not overly unique feelings. Um, you know, work, I think only can take so many certain things from you, but where, where, where were, where on, on the, on the tough days, yeah. where, where were you? So I, Similar to you, I, 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 I do sometimes feel stress from management, from my bosses to just, you know, just do better, you know? Um, yeah. but, but my, so my, my day to day, uh, I could sum it up rather simply. It's, I've got a list of leads that I need to call into and reach out to, and I call them, try to connect to them. And, uh, try to book a meeting with them. And so, you know, a bad day for me might look like, uh, not getting anybody on the phone or it might be getting several people on the phone, but not being able to convert them to a meeting. Um, it might be, uh, so very, very like external frustration. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Well, and so I'm being told I'm bad. The problem is that these fuckers ain't, ain't doing the, the one thing I need them to do. 
Yes. Yes. Well, yeah. and so it's also, it's a reflection, you know, I, it, it's, or it's, it's difficult not to take it as a reflection on yourself. Um, you know, when you call into somebody and, and they say, I'm not interested, stop calling me. Um, it's a bit like, you know, walking up to a girl at a bar and asking for her number and her telling you to get lost, you know, um, but over and over and over and over again. And so there is some, um, uh, you build up a, uh, a tolerance for it. So you kind of get used to, to people not being thrilled about you calling them. Um, but it's especially frustrating if you get, if I get somebody on the phone and I'm able to have a conversation with them and we start talking and, and I'm able to build a rapport um, and I'm on the phone with them for two or three minutes and it, and I can't get them to convert to a meeting. Cause that, that to me is a failure on my part. If I call somebody and they immediately say, I'm not interested, you know, get lost. Um, I didn't have a chance to book in that meeting to begin with. Um, but if I, if I in a day have, you know, two, three, four conversations with people where I'm able to get past the, you know, this is why I'm calling, but can't convert them to a meeting. I feel it's very difficult for me to not take that as uh, like a personal failure. Like I didn't do my job well enough or, you know, I didn't say the right thing or didn't ask the right thing or didn't frame it in the right way. Um, and so it's, it's kind of twofold. I, I get pressure from, from my, my bosses at work to obviously schedule more meetings and be more productive and, and have a higher output. Um, which I think is a kind of a normal thing for a lot of jobs. You know, people, their boss wants them to do the best they can and and produce the most, right? Um, but the where you know the really difficult days are where you know it's it's not from outside pressure like that. Where it's you know it's one way of looking at it would be like my own personal failings of me not being able to convert it to a meeting. Um, it what makes those days extra tough um, is oftentimes when I when I have three four calls that I connect with but I can't convert to a meeting. My coworkers are usually the ones booking meetings that day, and so it's it's difficult to to see that kind of direct comparison of oh well Eric was able to book these meetings but you didn't, you know. Uh, I I I understand that, and I think you're being way too fucking hard on yourself. Uh, you. For, for, firstly, um, because we cannot control whether or not other people are interested in having certain interactions with us in any given day, especially when it comes to, you know, work-like and professional environments where, because, you know, I used to get those those calls at my last job, like, we want to sell you uh, a data software thing. And my whole thing was like, I I don't even, I'm not even in charge of that. Like, yeah. they were like, yeah. oh, can you tell me who, who to go to? And I'm like, I don't even know. And eventually, I would just start hanging up because yeah. my my if, if if I could give you a glimpse on the other side, my thing was I am horrified as a human being. I'm horrified of being anything less than pleasant, and would oftentimes have longer not longer but like those two three minute conversations because I don't know how to not be nice on the phone. Um, if I'm dealing with an actual human, if I'm dealing with like a robocall, obviously you just hang up. Um, but it got to the point where I realized one i was never going to have what they were looking for and and two i am only wasting their time 
and yep. would start being meaner and just hanging up because I think the directness served both of us better. Um, but it was no, it had nothing to do with with the, with the person calling me. So I would definitely wouldn't give yourself any shit for anything to do with that. That is so outside of your control, which sucks because that's something you want to have in your control because that is yeah. literally your job to yeah. like go schedule the meetings. But I mean, if man, if people, if people aren't going to do it, they're not going to do it. Whether, whether they, they hang up instantaneously or chit chat and then hang up like that, like some, some, some degree of it is just out of your control. Totally, um, totally. And that's, yeah. that's what I tell myself, obviously, but it is Which still is difficult to get over the, you know, you didn't book any meetings today. You know? Oh no, I, I totally, and I, I get that too. Cause at the, at the same, you know, to make a baseball analogy, as I firmly believe there is a baseball analogy for everything. Um, I have seen stretches from players who go up to the plate, hit a ball a hundred miles an hour, not an exaggeration, and it went right to the fielder, and they got out, even though they went up and did exactly what you would want them to do. They hit mm-hmm. the ball a hundred miles an hour in Major League Baseball. That is so hard. The statistics on the on you doing that are like really crazy. Yeah, uh, yeah. And they made an out. And they're going to do that like six times in a row because fuck them that day, apparently. And meanwhile, their coworker, the you know, the second baseman, he's going to go up there and hit a ball 30 miles an hour really slow. And no one's going to get to it for no mm-hmm. apparently good reason. And that motherfucker is going to get a hit that day when yeah. you absolutely performed your job better and get made and out the worst thing you can conceivably do whereas your coworker did a terrible job and due to factors beyond both of your control somehow managed to do a better job than you because i guess fuck you that day and way to go mike who knows yeah, yeah. ah but yeah that I- also makes it tough like you still no matter the fact that that's right you know like we're sitting here agreeing that you don't always have control and and mm-hmm. not accepting full blame is the right thing to do. Also, doesn't mean it sucks less. Yeah, yeah. That's the hard part. Even when you yeah. know you're you're right, or at least at the very least you're not wrong, it doesn't mean it doesn't still fucking blow. Yeah. And then how do you how do you take out that? Because it's very you know that's really extra. Because my thing's very internal. So I I, I I I sit with myself and I go, all right, we need to. Uh, stop clenching every muscle that you have. Um, and my old thing was go work out because afterwards you've exerted the muscles so much that the only place they have to go is in a more relaxed state. Um, just getting out the aggression, you know, and everyone's got some, and now it's, it's been a little bit more guitar based because it's the most physical thing I really have at home that I'm willing to like really sit down and do for a significant chunk of time because I will never use the exercise bike I own. And I hate that about myself. Um, but that's very internal. How, what do you do with to get rid of the external? Is it the same things with different mindsets? Yeah, it's well. What it is is it's trying to. It's trying not to think about it. You know, it's trying to. It's trying to just get past it and trying to say like, "Hey, you know, that was yesterday. We, we got tomorrow." You know. Um, and just trying to stay focused on on just the, the next call, the next the next day. Um, we talked a little bit about it in our last episode in golf, where I think 
you know, not letting the bad shots get to you um, and trying to kind of put them out of your mind. Um, but also not letting the, the great shots inflate your ego too much. Um, you know, and so, uh, for example, today I was actually, I actually was able to book two, I booked two meetings today, um, which is, uh, and I'm having a pretty good month. So, um, but not letting that kind of get to my head so that tomorrow I go in and don't do shit, <laughs> you know? Right. Um, cause that was, that was early on when I first started this job, it was really easy for me to, Oh, I booked a meeting yesterday. I don't have to book a meeting today. Um, but that's the wrong mentality to have is, is to try to like, you know, the mentality I, the best mentality to have would be to walk into each day as if it's like your first day. Um, and just be hungry to make the calls and uh, and not worry about yesterday's calls that went bad or or the calls before that that went really great and just focusing on well what's coming up. So so it's a very it's a very forward thinking mindset. Very much so. Very much so because it's just strictly from a you know kind of like your baseball analogy. You know if you're batting three hundred, you're great. Right. You're doing awesome, which yeah, means totally. seven out of every 10 times you go up to the plate, you are getting out. You're not getting on base. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, my job is a lot like that. Seven, if not more than that, you know, we'll call it eight or even nine times out of every 10 calls I make. I'm either going to get hung up on or cursed out or they're not going to pick up. Um, but if I'm able to get one of those 10 even have a conversation with me, even if I can't book the meeting, just have a conversation with me so that I'm either able to disqualify them out or schedule a next, uh, a next step or something. Um, that's six, that's success. You know what I mean? That's a good day and not getting hung up on the nine times it didn't work. Um, but just always looking forward to, you know, the next base hit. Right. I completely understand. And I'm, I'm going to issue very quickly a correction that I normally wouldn't do because batting average is so much more conversational than on-base percent is, um, that if we were having this conversation in person, I would not make bring this up. But because I also run a sports statistics podcast, I know that if anyone comes here from this, I will they will be upset with me. <laughs> and uh, sure. if you don't know what I'm talking about, check out Juice and the Numbers. It's available where all podcasts are available because where else would they be? Um, if you're batting like 200, you can still have an on-base percentage of like 400. It doesn't, they don't correlate too much. Batting average discussion, you know, conversationally, way, way easier to, to use conversationally than on-base percentages. But, you know, there are guys out there like Aaron Hicks that has like a 212 batting average, but like a 360 on-base percentage because why, why wouldn't you? <laughs> not yeah, be able to hit not be able to tell not be able to hit shit but somehow keep getting on base because you'll walk a stupid high percent but that is a massive aside that i'm only issuing because we are on the record <laughs> um <laughs> oh anyway so let me let me ask you this um as i guess we slowly start to wrap up um since it's been over an hour and you know i gotta make dinner uh the so you know you finish a work day and it was shit to some extent. Again, whatever, whatever less than good uh, metric you want to kind of go with. And you go to play guitar. And mm -hmm. does that... And I'm just picking guitar because I think, you know, that's the one we talk about the most. It's the one that I think you and I both do the most. 
but whatever hobby or, or if you know activity if you think this one better suited but you sit down to play guitar does does that session differ at all if you felt like you had a bad day on the phones versus if you had a bad day from having like a shit conversation with your manager or is it the same session at the you know with the guitar either way and your your process of moving on from it remains unchanged because it'll yield the same results you know what i mean i do and i i'm not sure that it really differs because so so i found that you know especially in especially in recent times when you know i've i've really kind of uh doubled down on my hobby of playing the guitar so to speak um when i pick up the guitar and i you know and i, I plug it in and 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 crank up the amp or whatever i'm i i really feel like i'm able to kind of disconnect from the rest of the world um which i know is a really cliched thing to say um especially about music but um but i really do feel like i'm i'm able to kind of almost achieve like a a zen like meditative state where i am only really thinking about what i'm playing and i'm only really thinking about the sound coming out of the guitar and the sound coming out of the amp and i'm not really stressed about whatever it is that's stressing me whether it's something with work or whether it's something in my personal life um i found that playing the guitar um and and just making music in general it it uses so much of my brain that there isn't a whole lot left room left up there to be filled with other thoughts you know what i mean is that it's very right. it's a very engaging activity so i you know if if i'm really you know like kind of racking my brain and kind of like just stuck in these thought loops when i go to play the guitar it, that's a really effective way for me to try to, to get out of my own head and to kind of just be in the moment and just kind of be focused on what i'm doing in that moment because there isn't any room for me to be thinking about anything else so so you you treat the the activity as more of a like like a full mental reset you know doesn't matter what's in there all that matters is that we move on from it yes yeah yeah i like that i like that it's a very zen approach i can appreciate it uh yeah, totally how how does uh how does doing the podcast make you feel um <sighs> as he issues a very large shot so i uh i'll tell you what i leading into the episode like kind of the the hour or so before we record um there there is definite like nerves and um because i'm worried about what we're gonna talk about and i'm sitting here going like oh man we're we gonna be able to fill a whole episode or like am i just gonna like have a brain fart and forget how words work or um but you know i every episode we recorded so far i i've thoroughly enjoyed actually you know the act of recording them um, and I think like we said, kind of in one of our first episodes, you and I, for the longest time have had such great conversations, you know, off the air that 
you know, having a designated time to kind of just get together and talk about whatever we feel like talking about. And I like that we don't really have a too structured of a format um, to kind of allow for that just super relaxed conversational, you know, flow of things. Um, I think it's been really helpful for me because I, I've been able to kind of formulate some thoughts and have an outlet for some of these thoughts that otherwise, you know, I would have to save for either just a conversation that you and I had or, or something else. But I like kind of having a, a designated outlet for thinking through some thoughts and just kind of talking stuff out, you know? Oh, I know completely. I mean, th this is this is the the third podcast that I, that I'm currently uh, doing, um, and they each serve different purposes. And each having them be like loosely structured conversation about things I was hoping to talk about anyway. Um, it not only helps me actually formulate all of the the vague concepts and thoughts I was thinking while like watching movies, watching sports, or going through life, since that's what what this one mostly is. Um, it also makes me feel like my those those particular thoughts have a little bit more meaning because I know I'm going to use them in discussion, and mm -hmm. that is really a great feeling. Yeah. So. Before I say my point, Josh, remind me, what are those other two podcasts that you host? <laughs> That's right. It's all part of the family network of podcasts. Uh, the, the sports podcast mentioned previously is Juicing the Numbers, the flagship podcast. Um, and then the other one with the same co-hosts, me and, and our good pal Corwin, who's way too tall for existence, um, is a movies podcast called Juicing the Big Screen. And again, can be found where podcasts are found, because again, where else would they be? Aha. Great. Th thank you for that wonderful insight. I, I, you know what? I think after this episode, I'm going to go sit down and, and listen to some of those podcasts because they sound like a real treat. Be warned that if you listen to the movies one, we spoil everything because we don't care about your feelings. <laughs> anyway. Uh, but th what I was going to say is I do really like the idea that, that, you know, when I kind of have these random ass thoughts, like when I'm in the car or, or whatever, that now, there's a reason for it. There's a, I have an, uh, an outlet for that and to, to talk about. They're constructive. Whatever, yes. Whatever ridiculous shit I feel like bringing up or, or talking about, there is a, a, a designated outlet for me to do so, which is nice. Like, like us talking about our morning routines. Like I was thinking about my morning routine all week. And before it was just random thoughts like, oh my God, what do I do with my day? And now it's a discussion topic. And yes. that that has value. That really does. Well, to you and me, it does. I'm not sure about anybody else. But I. But <laughs> well, hey, it, you know, if this podcast ends up being nothing, <laughs> nothing else than like you know, loosely structured therapy sessions for the two of us, I'm cool yeah. with it. So uh, as am I. As am I. And so, um, I think with that, um, unless you have any other thoughts, nope, all good over here. Um, you know what I'm gonna ask. I know it. Say it anyway. I forgot all of our uh, social media handles. I so, think this uh, is. I think this is. Uh, this is part of the show at this point. This is our first like running bit. Um, well, if you want to follow the show on Twitter, you can do so at YCBS Pod. 
Uh, it's on Twitter at YCBSPod. And the email address is the same, YCBSPod at gmail.com. If you want to hit us up with any thoughts, any of what you would be doing <laughs> at 8.15 in the morning, aside from looking over your finances, uh, and uh, any other ways that you fill your day, let us know. And uh, until next Friday, well, we're out. Thanks, everybody. Peace.